Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 49. Let's start with the fundamental question. What do leaders really do? In the words of the legendary John P. Cotter, leaders don't make plans. They don't solve problems. They don't even organize people. What leaders do is prepare organizations for change and help them cope as they struggle through it. So that's what leaders really do. They do the work of preparing for and coping with change and with the unending changes that have been thrust upon the world. It's no wonder leaders are under a tremendous burden now. And it's no wonder so many are losing sleep as a result. Now, if you're a regular listener of the Counterfeit Sleep podcast, you know we don't want anyone losing sleep. And so we continue to support CEOs and business leaders by bringing them the ideas and insights they need to succeed in turbulent times. We feature the best of the best in corporate leadership, the thought leaders and the innovators, the ones the CEOs call when they need help. Whether you're the CEO of a multinational corporation or the CEO of your family, each episode gives you what you need to lead so you can get the sleep you need. So what do you need to lead through change? Of course, high-performance sleep is your foundation. But beyond that, is there a key skill that separates the highly successful leaders from the rest? The answer is a simple one, communication. And if you hear that word and sum it up as communication is what we say and how we say it, you're right, that's true. But there's more. Communication has an end goal, and that is to build trust. And you achieve that end goal, that trust, when you communicate, but only if you communicate with impact. And that's exactly what we get into in this next installment of our Business Impact series. Our guest is Allison Shapira, 
a leader in leadership communication. Allison is the author of Speak with Impact, How to Command the Room and Influence Others. She works with leaders to help them speak clearly, concisely, and confidently to build the trust that propels others to carry forth their vision. Listen and learn why communication is your key strategy to attracting and retaining employees in challenging times. How to maintain your authenticity when you have a message you don't want to deliver. And the three questions everyone should ask themselves before speaking. Let's listen in to this timely conversation with Allison Shapira. Hello, Allison, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. It is great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. And I'm so happy to have you on today. Actually, our usual jam here on the podcast is providing eye-opening solutions for common problems. And we help people connect the dots between the challenges they're dealing with during the day and hidden sleep performance problems at night. But now so many people are so obviously losing sleep, especially leaders who strive to continue to lead effectively through the unending certainties that we have. And at the same time, plan for a successful year. And so we've shifted our focus here on the podcast and we're doing our business impact series where we give CEOs and business leaders what they need so they have one less thing to lose sleep over. And so I've been really looking forward to our conversation, Allison, because I think what you bring to the table is so foundational to success. You are a leader in leadership communication. You work with leaders to help them speak clearly, concisely, and confidently, which is always important, but especially so now in these times of uncertainty. So what I'd love to talk about with you is, um, you know, can we get into what you're seeing and hearing that's kind of, you know, keeping people up at night, if you will, and then if you would share your insights on those things. And lastly, if we could wind up with some concrete strategies that that CEOs and other leaders can use now as they plan for success in the coming year and beyond, really. I would love to. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. Can we can, what, what is it that you're hearing these days and seeing these days, Allison? Specifically, as it relates to leadership communication. And by that, I mean, anytime we have to use our voice in a position of leadership to bring people together around a shared objective. So what I'm hearing a lot these days is the the need to have difficult conversations to whether you're a leader fielding questions from your team, such as, why do I have to go back into the office? Or can't we come up with some solution where I'm in a few days a week or not? One leader I was talking to said, the leadership team has to be in the office, but no one else does. So we're just sitting here having Zoom calls with one another and our team is already in the office and we're still Zooming from our closed (laughs) office doors. Why do I have to drive an hour and a half every day for this? So having to, to field those difficult questions internally around back to office, around hybrid communication situations, around vaccination policies or lack thereof. So how do we communicate 
the message of the company. And when you're the CEO or the or the, the C-suite, how do you craft those messages? And then when you're one or two down in the le- on the leadership rungs, how do you communicate those messages sideways and down when you didn't craft them and you may or may not agree with them and mm-hmm. you're communicating them to people who may or may not agree. So those are the biggest challenges that we're seeing in terms of communication when you have a difficult message to communicate. Yeah, yeah. So I could definitely see that, right? First of all, the message itself is challenging, right? And then secondly, as you said, it may be somebody down down the line a little bit who doesn't necessarily agree, and yet they still have to be able to convey, convey this in a way that will be received by the people. So definitely tricky, tricky uh, areas, you know, and especially what about the fact that things seem to be changing? There's, there's this, this, you know, uh, variation in it from time to time. That's, it just seems, is that coming up as well? Are you hearing that? Or is it just, you know, Yes, definitely. I mean, we see every time there's a variant of of the the COVID vaccine or the, excuse me, COVID-19 variant, every time there's a, a new variant, it's we're, we're wondering, do we have to cancel our in-person event? And some events are now requiring, I, I went to an event, a conference last week where I needed to show proof of a negative test in order to enter, regardless of vaccine status. So the the policies seem to be shifting as the virus seems to be shifting. There is, however, this general awareness that, okay, these are the, the policies and procedures that, that we're going to have in place. And then we adjust as necessary as the state of the world changes. And, and that's something we always had to deal with as leaders. There, there's always uncertainty. There's You never know what market behavior is going to be like and, and what will will come down to to change whether it's it's your supply chain or or market demand but it's it's now that it's been exponential this type of of change that's happening that we really have to be on our toes a lot more than normal right that's a great point right we always have some degree of uncertainty so that there's nothing different there but but i love the word you chose as well just this exponential kind of uh, change it really has you know made it a lot harder and and i think too and tell me if you see this so that you'll have these things that leaders are trying to contend with but then also their audience their employees um may be feeling a magnified sense of uncertainty or like a, a, even a fear greater than they ever have before. Is is that coming up at all? Or are you hearing that as, as an increase to the challenge or anything? Fear, I, not as much as, as uncertainty or shifting of priorities. And this is what we're seeing with the great resignation, that people's priorities in terms of what their day-to-day role looks like seems to be changing. And so companies are hyper-focused on what do I do to make my employees feel valued? Am I giving them training and upskilling opportunities? And am I, am I giving them ways in which they feel valued to be a part of our company? So that's been a, a lot of the clients I work with when I say, what's the outcome that you want of this training? It's it's not skill building. I mean, that's a given. They want skill building, but what they say is, "I want my team to be valued, to feel valued." 
Mm. I want them to see how much we believe in them and want to invest in their future here. Yeah. So as, as, as people in the workforce are, are rethinking their priorities, companies are focused on making those employees feel valued and, 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 and empowered in their roles so that they stay. Yeah. So how much do you think then does the communication piece enter into that? You know, you, cause I, I would imagine you could have a great, you know, w- wellness package say that, Hey, we're going to bring this in now so that people feel valued and we have something great to help them through these tough times, but it could be the best package ever. But if you don't necessarily communicate well uh, around the, the offering or what it means, and maybe it could potentially fall flat or uh, how, where does the communication become important in, in this uh, getting the message to people that they're valued? The communication becomes important in, to the extent in which it helps build trust. So if there's an, and a colleague of mine, an expert in trust, David Horsager, likes to say, commun- communication is never the issue. Trust is. Huh. And as a communication expert, I agree with him because what you're communicating is is in the act of building trust. So you can't communicate in the effectively in the absence mm. of trust. So the challenge these companies face right now is building trust with their employees and their communication has to reinforce that trust as opposed to undermine it. And when I teach public speaking, what I talk about is making sure that that your your voice, the tone of your voice, your nonverbal body language and your words all have to say the same thing. Mm. You know, if I'm if I say I'm happy to be here but my arms are crossed and my voice falls flat, then then I'm communicating different messages concurrently. But if everything I say is communicating in the same direction that that then that builds trust because audiences can can then trust every part of how I'm communicating. Yeah, so you're talking really about having uh, I guess like congruence between yes. you know it's not just the words that you're choosing. I mean that's obviously important, but it's also as you said, you know, your, your the tone of your voice and the body language and it's all toward the end of um, really building trust so that you can, um, you know, once you have that, then you, you're in a much better position to keep that employee or have, you know, p- positive culture or whatever, whatever the end goal might actually be. Interesting. Do you, do you by any chance have a, like a, a case study example or so, so somebody doing something that was sort of you know, not allowing them to communicate effectively. And it took like a tweak or, uh, you know, something to, to, to shift, well, put you on the spot, but just curious. The, the challenge is there are too many examples to name. <laughs> and that's, that's a normal day in the office for me <laughs> is, is having someone videotape themselves speaking, play it back and then say, wait a second. I, I look, I look like, Somebody sent me a video the other day of, of himself speaking, and he's like, I look like a hostage taker. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't recognize that unless we, we have a certain state of awareness, of self-awareness, where we take the time to debrief and reflect. And, and for me, I'll tell you, when, when, I'm, when I'm losing sleep because I'm ruminating over a mistake that I've made or something that I did that didn't work out the way I intended it to, 
What helps me fall asleep is realizing the steps I'm going to take to either write it or avoid it in the future. Mm-hmm. If I don't know how I'm going to fix it, I stay up all night worrying. But if I can see the specific steps and action items, I, uh, maybe I'll write them down and I'll say, okay, this is what I'm going to do in the morning. Or I dictate a note you know, to, for my, my, my virtual assistant to, to remind me in the morning. And then I can fall asleep right. because the solution is out there ready for me to implement. Right, right. I love that, that, yeah, that um, when you do, and I guess maybe this almost gets us into talking about strategies that people can use, um, you know, for effective communication. It sounds like you're, you know, you're really saying have that awareness, right? And and I love the taping your uh, self to look. I, I know we're both NSA colleagues here and when I was um, doing something for NSA, I did make a tape myself to, you know, evaluate, see what was going on. And yeah, I was a little surprised. <laughs> see, I was doing some things that I didn't realize. So I, I think that that's awesome. Um, and then, um, you know, the other thing you mentioned is, is if, you know, let's say, as you said, you did something that, you, you know, you, you made a mistake. And I'm sure there's a lot of that happening now where we have all these rapid changes. So then, yeah, you'd look to figure out how do I correct it? What do I do so that, you know, you don't end up losing sleep? So um, can you give us a few kind of uh, concrete sort of things that, you know, just to sort of like what what really, if somebody who hasn't really made any great strides forward in communication or, or really in thinking about how they're communicating, or even if it is somebody that, you know, here's the top one I see come up, whatever. Can you give us some thoughts and ideas? A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. One of the, the biggest tips that I give people or strategies that I teach is, and you'll relate to this quite a bit, pause and breathe. Mm. And, and by pause and breathe, I mean, physically close your mouth and breathe in through your nose if you're able to and out through your mouth. And in doing that, it's, it, it gives you a minute to be mindful before you speak. So it helps you be mindful and present before you speak. Then when you have to respond to a difficult question and you're not sure what to say, pause and breathe before saying the next thing that you may or may not intend to say. And then after you've spoken, pause and breathe and do a debrief. What worked? What didn't? What am I going to do differently? And that's one of my clients says pause and breathe is a philosophy for living life. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and, and I, so as you described it, just in terms of what's going on for the speaker internally, it's ideal to bookend your comments with the pause and brief. And then on the end of the, the receiver, the listener, it, it does give them some processing time as well, really. Right. So sometimes we, we don't realize the rate at which we convey our thoughts and it can, uh, you need a little gel time, as I always Mm -hmm. like to say it. All right. I love it. So pause and breathe on Mm -hmm. either side, either end. And what else would you, uh, you know, think might be helpful for people looking to communicate better? 
I always recommend people ask themselves three questions before they give a presentation or enter a room for a meeting or prepare to lead a meeting. And those three questions, we can ask them within 30 seconds. In the 30 seconds between logging off of one meeting late and then logging in late to the next meeting in the, those 30 seconds in which we're pausing and breathing, those three questions I ask are first, who's your audience? Who's gonna be in the room? What's important to them? Second, what's your goal? What do you want to achieve as the outcome of this meeting or this presentation or a message that you'd like to deliver? And then finally, why you? Which means not why are you qualified, but why do you care mm. about this meeting, about the organization you represent, about the work that you do? Because once you validate why you care, it helps you reconnect with your sense of purpose. Mm. And that makes your language more conversational, more powerful, more authentic, and as a result, more impactful. And that's what helps build trust with your audience is when you bring your authentic self to every conversation. And I have seen why you to really unlock that Yeah, it's perfect too. Um, and I, I'm thinking back to what we spoke about. Uh, earlier, where um, it, there may be the the time when somebody who's a couple of rungs down down the management ladder and has to deliver something that they don't actually believe in themselves, but if they can reconnect to the larger mission of the company or whatever, then yeah, they would be able to have that authenticity. Wow, so really great. Uh, what was it? Um, think about who is in the audience. Uh, Think about what your goal is and then really um, think about why why you, and again, not from your credentialing aspect, but from your, you know, your why you care. Why mm -hmm. and yeah, that's that's actually really, really sound advice because um, if you don't care, <laughs> it's gonna be hard to really, you know, get get that trust. It is through that that more emotionality right. that we connect really well. That's right. I love it. And, and in my book, I, I tell a story about a friend of mine who I was coaching on his communication skills, and I pushed him on the why you, why do you care? And it, it turns out he didn't. He hated his job. He hated his boss. He didn't like the industry. And what we found out is he wasn't a boring speaker. He was just bored. Yes. And if you're bored, you will be a boring speaker. Yeah. And the why you brings out that greater sense of purpose. We might need to back up to find the why behind what we're doing if we can't get behind the very specific message we have to communicate. But the more we are able to find a why, connect to it, and then infuse our language through that, the more effective we'll be as speakers. Yeah, wonderful. You know, and it makes me wonder too, with, with the great resignation or the great reshuffle, depending upon, you know, how you look at it, um, will we have more of this you know, people speaking with impact, like the, the title of your book, Speak with Impact. Well, we have more of that naturally because people are moving to things that are more aligned with what they want to do. We'll see. It may be one of the uh, positive <laughs> benefits of it. <laughs> I hope so. It'll be positive for the individuals, if not for the companies that they're leaving. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. So really great strategies there. I really appreciate those. So um, Allison, as we wind up, I'd like to ask you two questions that I always like to ask guests. So the first one is, you know, thinking of everything that you know, and what's important in, in your field of leadership communication, 
what message would you put on a billboard? Um, you know, and remembering two things about a billboard, it's a relatively small piece of real estate and people go, bra- go by pretty quickly. <laughs> so what message would you like to put up there? I would put, if it's not pause and breathe, which I've already talked about, and I think we could all use certainly while driving, I would put <laughs> authenticity over perfection. Mm. Tell me a little bit about that. And I, I talk about this a lot with public speaking because people tend to stress about communication because they feel this need to be perfect. But there, there is no such thing as a perfect communicator. We're making mistakes constantly. Certainly in a virtual setting, we, there is always something that's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and the point I make is that your audience doesn't even relate to perfection. They relate to authenticity. Because then they can see themselves in you. So when we embrace authenticity, we we still have to be prepared and we have to be accurate. But if we can embrace authenticity as well, it will help us relax. It will make us more impactful and our audience will relate to it as a result. Mm, All right. I think those are definitely words and a a philosophy to live by for sure. Excellent. All right. We will get that up on the billboard. Um, And then my last question for you is how would someone connect with you? I welcome people to visit my website, alisonshapira.com. That's Shapira with an A at the end. And they can download a free chapter of my book that way. And I hope people will connect with me on LinkedIn as well. I'm very active and always happy to share resources there. Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, I will put both of those links in the show notes then. Well, Allison, thank you so much for sharing, you know, your thoughts on really, you know, impactful speaking, because I think it's what's going to get us through the times that we're in right now. Yeah. So thank you so much. My pleasure. It was a great, it was great to talk to you. And I love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.